0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Lemington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to introduce myself. So, as you've already heard, my name's Chris. Uh, I am a bit of a local boy. I was born at a very young age, funnily enough, right here in Lemington Spa... I'm from Lemington Spa, Royal Lemington Spa. <laughs> Sorry about that, Pat. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> so born right here in Royal Lemington Spa, grew up on a farm outside on the far side of Ships Stour. live there now. At about the age of 14, though, I made a decision that changed my life. I made a decision to take that one step closer to Jesus. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what it would mean. I didn't know immediately, the very next step, what was going to happen. But I made that decision, took that one step closer, and then continued to take those next steps. At the age of 18, based on that one decision I made, I moved up to South Yorkshire for what I thought was just going to be one year. I, uh, I was working with a, an organisation called the Pays Project and uh, that was youth and schools work, going into schools, doing assemblies, RE lessons, all that sort of thing. Um, that one year very quickly turned into five years. That was completely unexpected. and Along the way I managed to pick up a degree, which is, that's always helpful, surely. <laughs> but now I'm back, back in the motherland. Um, back here just for you, not quite for one night only. <laughs> so I want to turn to the text now. I want to be uh, talking about the Advent story, the Christmas story today. Um, so I'm saying this all out of order, so I'm a little bit uh, a little bit forgetting things now. <laughs> Let me just get my notes a minute. Sorry, guys. There we go. So I want to be talking about the Christmas story today. So I have this whiteboard. I want a bit of participation from you all today. I want you guys to shout out, and I'll write down... Um, things that you know about the Christmas story. Absolutely anything. Didn't need that lid anyway. Oh, where's it going now? There we go. That'll do. that <laughs> I'm right-handed. <laughs> cool, so let's have some hands up. Uh, who knows anything about the Christmas story? It was at Christmas. Okay. <laughs> at Christmas, Gabriel, Gabriel appeared to Mary, apparently, okay, (laughs) apparently so, yeah, 12 wise men, I hope you can read my scroll, because I can't, I, I don't even know what I'm writing at the moment, anyone else, anyone got anything at all? Baby Jesus, yep, fantastic. Baby Jesus. Little donkey. Little
1: donkey. <laughs> <Big> donkey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> donkey. <laughs> Anyone else? Stable. Stable. yep, great. A manga. A manga? Do you mean a manger? <laughs> Wow, that shows the sort of education you get in bed with, doesn't it? eh? Uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Manger. Star. 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 Shepherd. Great. Great. Shepherd. Herod. Herod. Very good. good. Yes, anyone else? Pregnant lady. Pregnant lady. Okay. (laughs) I've got a joke about the nativity story, but uh, it's probably not appropriate for me to say it here, so so I won't. Okay, let's have uh, just two, three more. Refugees. Refu- <laughs> refugees. <laughs> okay, yes. all right. What, refugees. One more. Wise men. We've got wise men somewhere there. Mary and Joseph, fairly important characters and Joseph, and yeah, we'll stick God up in there as well, because he's fairly important. Thank you for that one, Annie. Great, okay, I'm going to call it there for now. So today, I'm looking at the, the nativity story, the very start of it. Our new series is called Unwrapped. We're looking at the gifts of the Christmas story, the real gifts. Um, so as any of you who are familiar with the Bible, you'll know that there were some wise men, they came, and they gave gifts ...to the baby Jesus. Uh, so over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at these gifts, their significance in the story... ...as well as their significance in our lives today as 21st century Christians. So today, I have the task of looking at the first one of gold. So I want to highlight wise men. I'm a bit unsure about that. So just for the sake of that. Highlight Christmas, star. Mary and Joseph fairly important... How have we not got Jesus? Oh, we have. I should probably put him in a box, because he's extra important. There you go, he's in a manger. He's in a manger. Great. Well, I'm going to turn to the text now. We're going to read the story, just so everyone here understands where we're coming from. And I need a couple of volunteers, if that's okay. Just three volunteers to do a bit of reading for me, because I'm, I'm fairly lazy like that. So I've got three sheets of paper. If anyone would like to come and take one before I start... Yep, go for it. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Anyone else? Yeah. Woo-hoo. Thank you
1: very
0: much. Any other? Two more people. Go on then, Annie. You've been nominated. <laughs> and one more. One more.
1: One more person. Rob.
0: There we go. Who's got number one then?
2: There we go. If you'd like to start reading, Thank
1: you. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophets. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus.
2: they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much. Why don't you give them all a hand? That's great. Thank you very much. Marvellous great reading. So I wanted you, you guys just to hear that story there, just so you can start to form in your head a bit of the direction where we're going, so you know roughly what I'm talking about, because I'm going to be unpacking that story, and we're just going to be looking at it in a little bit more depth than what we've just read. So for those of you guys here who are familiar with the Bible, you'll know that we just read one of the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew. There are four Gospels, so three others, and the Gospels tend to repeat themselves. Or sometimes there's accounts which are missing in some, but are found in the others. And that's not a mistake, that's not an error. Some people don't just forget to write things down. That's because, as scholars think, uh, and are working out, the original author was trying to make a point. He's selected stories to put in there to make an overall argument. Now, scholars hold that Matthew, who wrote, funnily enough, the Gospel of Matthew, is trying to write to a Jewish audience to try and convince them that Jesus, who we've just read about, is the Messiah. Okay? So, a lot of the things that we've just read, if you're of a Jewish mindset, would be incredibly important to you. So, as we're reading them, I want to pick out a few things that are particularly significant and try and explain it, just so we can get a bit of a a better handle on the story. Great. So, as I was going through this, I got a, a, a really... Really fun time because I was allowed to geek out a little bit. So my degree that I did was in biblical studies and theology. So I had a great time with loads of books, writing essays and all that sort of thing. And I kind of miss it. So I finished it in June, wrote my last essay in April sort of time. And my books have just sort of been on the shelf somewhere. Like, I've not even looked at them. So when I was prepping this, I got to get all my books out. I had a great time. And as I was geeking out, I found one thing that was incredibly significant. It was gold. As we're talking about gold here. It was never, during Mediterranean area, during this time, was never used as a currency. So gold itself had no monetary value. So why would they give that to a young child? This leads me on to my big thing today. If you forget absolutely everything else, remember this one thing, okay? And that's this. Ta-da!
2: Ta-da! There
0: we go. It is that we invest our treasure into what we think is important. So these wise men are travelling around and they find something that they seem feel is incredibly important. And they invest their treasure. They give gold to them. And as I say, gold was immeasurably valuable. It wasn't of any monetary value, so we don't know exactly what it was, but it was treasurous to them. And I highly doubt that this one guy goes around to every childbirth in the area giving gold. So there's something significant in that. And we begin to learn the significance when we look and understand the nature of this child. As we read, Jesus was called the Messiah. I'm going to come back a bit to what Messiah means. But in in short, Messiah... is is the Jewish word for hero. He was the hero that their Jewish folklore had been expecting. He was to come from the family of David. He was going to be sent by God to restore the Jewish people back to the promised land, back to the promises that God had given them. He was going to break the chains of oppression that were over them. So they were always looking for this great warrior to come along who would overthrow whatever empire was holding them or to overthrow and restore the land back to them. And now we have this young baby born in a stable who people are calling the Messiah. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. But I want to follow the journey that the wise men take, okay? So on their way from the east, scholars are holding that they came from the Babylonian Empire, which is a way roughly where middle-day, uh, middle-day, modern-day Iraq is. So we're thinking they came from that sort of direction, over to the west, uh, over towards Jerusalem, <laughs> Where on their way into Jerusalem, they stop off at the palace. Because if you're going to find a king of the Jews, where are you going to look? But the palace of the king of the Jews. You're expecting a young child who's just been born into that title? Well, you'd go to where his father lives, surely. So they rock up at the palace and they start talking to to King Herod. And they're like, we've come here to see the king of the Jews. And Herod's like, hi there, I'm here king of the jews right here and they're like no 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 no! he's a young baby he's just been born he's like but i thought i was a king of the jews what what's happening here so i think so he gets really worried and we saw that in the text that the guys just read here at the front herod starts to worry he gathers all of his advisors as as rob read i think it was he gathers them all together and starts asking well what's happening here this is completely unexpected I like to call this little part in the story a tale of two kings, because you've got two kings who are completely polar opposites, and they're clashing together in an incredible way. Herod, for example, incredibly self-absorbed. He was very selfish, and in fact, historians have recorded, just before Jesus was born, there was a Roman civil war, and Herod had jumped from supporting each side, not once, but twice, in order to end up on the winning side. He was that desperate to promote his own power, to grow his own kingdom, his own wealth, that he would jump and stab anyone in the back in order to promote himself. Jesus, on the other hand, is completely the opposite. I don't have time to go into this because I'm already running out of time. In fact, I've got like 10 minutes, I think. So if you've got a Bible at home, I want to encourage you guys. Go home, read Philippians 2, chapter 5 to 6. I've got a bit of a joke with Dave. I wrote my, uh, my dissertation on that. On that check, uh, section, I love it. it's fantastic. I try and squeeze it into every message I've spoken. It's fantastic. He challenged that I wouldn't be able to do it. There you go. I've managed it. Go home, read Philippians two, chapters five to. Uh, Philippians chapter two, verses five to 11. It's fantastic. It completely describes Jesus and his attitude, okay? And you can see how the polar opposite he is of Herod. Herod was concerned not only for himself, though, because Jesus was of the line of David. He had a more clean line to the throne. If he truly was of the line of, of David, he could take the throne straight away. But he was concerned for his nation. You see, Herod was a puppet king put in place and given power by the Roman Empire. The empire was vicious. They were absolutely horrible people. They ruled through a system they call Pax Romana, which to me and you is the peace of Rome. Now, I love this. It's fantastic. Let me explain, okay? So, they maintain peace by rolling into the nearest country with their legions, with their army, taking over completely, destroying every sort of government and every system in place with their armies. And then they take all the land off you. So, imagine, Rob, you are a Jewish man, okay? The Roman Empire has just come into your country. They've killed your army. They've killed your government. They've killed everyone taken the land off you, maybe you owned a farm or something, they've taken Rob's farm off him, and they've given it to Dave, who is a Roman citizen. Okay, So Dave is now a proud owner of a farm in Jerusalem. (laughs) But now Dave, he doesn't know how to farm. He doesn't know what to do with a farm like that. So he rents it back to Rob. So Rob, the farm that Rob owned, he now has to pay for. He has to pay Dave for it. And you have to follow every single Roman law. If you don't, you're given two options. They send in the legions again, and destroy the country again, and start all over again, or you're crucified. Two options. The Roman Empire were vicious. They would roll into every every place around, crushing any form of resistance in the name of freedom and liberty. Upon realising... The wise men, upon realising that they weren't going to find the baby Jesus in the palace with the king and the posers and where, where all the supposed power is, they set off again. They continue to follow the star. They end up in this place, Bethlehem, as we already learned during the quiz, where they find Mary, they find Joseph and they find this young child, Jesus, there. And Matthew's gospel says that they paid him homage that's a bit, of a bit of a funny word. So I did a bit more study into that, and I learned that homage can also mean worshipped. So the wise men came, and their response, their reaction to seeing this young child was worship. Now, Matthew has underlined worship and pays homage here, because scholars hold that he uses that phrase particularly when Jesus is recognised for who he is. These wise men don't just go knocking around, giving gold to people and paying homage to every child that's been born or every significant person. They recognised who Jesus was and they paid him homage. Now, we've had a bit of time of worship here with our songs, but singing songs, that's not what worship is. It's a part of it, but that's not worship. Worship is a response when we understand who God is, when we understand what he's done for us. It's the overflow of our heart. It's a natural response. So it might be singing a song, as we have just done up here. It might be, as we see in the text, the giving of gifts. It might be, I don't know, all sorts of things. In this case, we see the wise men have invested into what they found was important. They they didn't see a king when they looked in the manger. They saw a young baby but they didn't invest into the baby. I want to give to you guys the thought that they didn't value the baby in the manger because he'd just been born, because he was a young child. They valued him because they saw the king that he would become. I'm running out of time, as I've already said, so I want to begin to wrap it up now. I want to challenge you guys. What do you hold that is valuable to you? What is the most important thing to you You see, when I was 14, I didn't have money, I didn't have a job, I didn't have anything, really. But I had my life. I invested my life in that one decision. I said, right, I don't know what's going to happen, God. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going to do with me, Lord God. But I trust you. I'm going to give you my life. I invest my life into you. Take it, do whatever you want with it. In the same way, these wise men invested their treasure... We don't know what happened with the gold. And to be honest, it doesn't really matter. It went to a good cause. They'd invested into what was important to them. Of course, now in this case, I'm not asking you guys to give more in an offering. I mean, I'm I'm sure you're aware we haven't taken an offering yet. So this could just be a really elaborate offering talk. But it's not. Don't worry. I'm not asking you to, to open your pockets deeper and give more. If you want to do that, though, that's fine. That's fine. That's between you and God. But... I am asking you to review your priorities. What do you hold that is important in your life? I'm sure if I were to look at your bank accounts, I could probably tell you, to be honest, what is important. I can see what you're investing into, which is a scary thought. As I was writing that down, I think, ooh, if people were to look at my bank account, where would they see my priorities? They wouldn't see much in there, but where would they see my priorities? <laughs> A friend of mine once told me, "Just he had a simple mechanism in his head to help him make sure that his priorities were right. He said he would never, on a monthly basis, pay more for his phone contract than he does in an offering in church. Simple little thing, really, but he'd made that decision that he was going to stick to it. He would never pay more for his phone contract a month than he'd put in the offering bucket. Simple little thing, really, but it was a tiny little mechanism. That helped him make sure that his priorities were right. Again, I want to challenge you: What's important to you? What can you invest into it? And now, just as I want to close, I'm gonna—I want to pray. I want to give you guys an opportunity. Maybe, as Dave's been speaking over these past few weeks about, we are the church. Maybe something's been stirring up inside of you, and you've been thinking, "I want to look at this more. I want to—I want to know it more." Whether you're thinking, God, I want to know you. Or maybe it's, I want to take that next step. I don't, I'm not quite ready to make a full commitment, but I want to take that next step. Or maybe you're here and you've been a Christian for a long time, and you're still thinking, I want to know you more, God. I want to take that next step again. I'm going to say a quick prayer, and if you want to join with me in that, that's great. We can maybe do a bit of call and response, or you can say it in your heart, in your head, whatever okay but I'm gonna I'm gonna say this prayer and as I re- say it why don't why don't we repeat it back okay so let's pray Lord God, Lord God I thank you that I am here today I thank you that you hear my prayers help me as I take this next step on my journey with you I'm sorry for the times where I slip up and make mistakes. mistakes. Help me to face the challenges that are in front of me. Thank you. you. Amen. Amazing. Well, great. If that's the first time you guys have ever prayed that prayer, I want to say a massive welcome to you from the rest of the church here. You've made a decision that has can literally change your life. Okay, If you've taken that next step to God, fantastic. That's amazing. I'm going to hand back over to Rob in just a second. Uh, in fact, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at
2: www.life-cc.org.